You know, like from Boogie Nights, that when Dirk Diggler was in the recording studio, yeah. he was singing You've Got the Touch. It's called The Touch by Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie. Do you know what inspired Stan Bush to create this song? Lana Reagan? Iron Eagle. Shut up! <laughs> Iron freaking Eagle. There's a scene in the movie where Louis Gossett Jr. turns to his young pilot and says, Kid, you've got the touch. No way! So then, hold on, it gets even better. So then that song gets created and Stan Bush pushes the song to be in Cobra. He gets it to his manager who takes it to be in Cobra. And they're like, no, no, we've got something else in mind. Transformers the movie. That's incredible. The scene in the movie that this is played, right? It's the prime Megatron fight. And it goes from all of this like normal Transformers music to bum, 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 you've got the touch. <laughs> and you have this massive fight and prime gets killed. It's and like then, an and, my, view, and then my heart it? is ripped out of my chest. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <coughs> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said that yeah. was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Radical 80s Movie Jams Part 2. One year ago today, Buzz in the Tower kicked off its podcast dominance with an episode dedicated to the songs that are inseparable from the films they debuted in. Today we pick up where we left off and add 10 more musical masterpieces that were handcrafted for an 80s feature film. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the logins to my Kenny, Max Sanders. And with that... Happy anniversary. Woo! We did it. Highway to the danger zone. We already picked that. We can't do it again. Of everything I've ever learned studying and preparing for the shows, the most heartbreaking is that Kenny Loggins doesn't like danger zone. Yeah, it's pretty lousy. You and I, like, I think we excluded him. We didn't pick Footloose for any of our songs. And I think it's because he rubbed us the wrong way because of how he feels about danger zone. I should have picked the Footloose song. Caboose, <laughs> put on your spruce moose. Yeah. Ooh-wee. 
You know, I'm going to get more casual. I'm always, I'm always yelling at you for making noises and I'm sitting here like drinking coffee. We're, I, this is so, this is classic. This is so me. So me. We're a year in and I'm yeah. like, Hey, you know what? Pants off. Let's, it's, it's time to get weird. It's time to get weird. You adjusted your mic last episode and it made me laugh harder than anything we did. That's uh, like, I'm going to adjust my mic. So yeah, there you sounds. go. Just want to see what happens. Mess around a little bit. We celebrated with our last episode. We did a full cover of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You said it. And it technically was our one year anniversary. But this is the first episode after. It's all kind of muddled. I think moving forward, we're going to be a calendar podcast. This like, is the actual day yeah, that we started. This is the actual day. And then the release is not the actual day, though. The release will be yeah. after that. But our recording is the actual day. Remember that first episode? I yes. peed like 30 times. You were a hot mess. <laughs> a hot, hot I was like, mess. I need to pee. It's like, we've been doing this for three minutes. This is the <laughs> last. Uh, this, is, this is our last. This is our last podcast? This is our last podcast. We're done. <laughs> this is our last episode with our old sponsors. New ones start next week. So let's cover a couple things real quick. Uh, go to TikTok, follow us on TikTok, share, comment, like you're entered to win a $50 gift card from 80stees.com. Best site ever. Best shirts and site ever. Worst episode ever. In <laughs> addition, not, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. In addition to that, patreon.com slash buzz in the tower, B-U-Z-Z-N-T-H-E-T-O-W-E-R. Max, I'm excited to announce more people are hopping on the gravy train. Yeah. More pilots, co-pilots. Stop calling them that. Why? Because I guess that's technically accurate. <laughs> but there's there, people in the we got top some. We got, we got Mavericks and Gooses and Icemen and, and oh my, <laughs> that was a nice little poem there. If you love Buzz in the Tower, which if you're listening, that means you love it because the two go together like peanut butter and Chinese food. So if you love Buzz in the Tower, sounds okay. You. <laughs> You have to join our Patreon. It's pennies. Pennies on the day. Yeah. Three bucks a month to 10 bucks a month. For one cent a day. Yeah, you, you can, can save. Sponsor Max. God, do you need a sponsor? <laughs> so it gives you access to behind the scene footage, live Q&As. We'll do some FaceTimes. We'll show up at your birthday party, whatever you need. Yeah. We can reenact <laughs> war games or something. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Or, or E.T. Phone home. We'll stick you in a closet and dehydrate you for a month. It'll be great. Reese's pieces. Or, or or Max will call you personally and just give you Jeff Goldblum until you've had enough. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's worth 30 bucks a month. If I've ever heard something $3 worth $3 a month. 30. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Three dollars a month. Three dollars. Thirty bucks a year. People? Thirty bucks a year. For yeah. for as little as thirty bucks a year, you can have Max calling you saying, Yes, yes, yes. And I'll even give you some uh Sean Stop and Susie. That's a throwback for our real fans. Yeah. I know what that's Episode about. Episode four. God, Rain Man. Max, I'm excited to welcome these newest members. Uh, Caitlin, Samantha, Adam, Dr. Benedict Alexander Zahn. And I had to give the full name because that is a fantastic <laughs> name. Why not last names with the other ones? Because I, I didn't want to. And uh, <laughs> Deidre, Deidre, who is a wonderful young lady. <laughs> You're making me laugh now. Welcome to the Buzz in the Tower Patreon. Yeah, especially the doctor. He was Maverick. That's he's a, He is a Maverick. Yeah. Uh, first international. That's I, Patreon. I, I, absolutely. Actually, no, we have another. We have uh, Libby is Canadian. Oh, that doesn't count. It's, don't say Canada doesn't count. It's America's hat. Jesus, come on, Max. So disrespectful. <laughs> I love Canada. Moving right along. Harold bump, 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 ba-dum, bump, bump, bump. It's Muppets. You wouldn't get it. Nope. To recap briefly, take people back 54 episodes, 56 episodes ago, 55 episodes ago. Yeah, thank you. This is one of my favorite things. You know I love music. I'm a very musical person. And this is taking our favorite songs that were made specifically for an 80s movie. Original. Original for the movie. And we're putting it out there. And these, it's in our first one. It was our first episode ever. I think we went like really big with commercial. We like picked songs that we knew everybody knew. Yeah. Um, so like your list. Two Top Guns, I think. Yeah, well, with two uh, Top Guns, multiple Rockies. We were all over the place. There's multiple Rockies. Yeah, there yeah. was. So your picks for the first one were Take My Breath Away. Awesome. Under the Sea from Little Mermaid. Classic. The Power of Love. You're the best around, Joe Esposito from The Karate Kid, and Eye of the Tiger. My list, my list rules. Was yours Eye of the Tiger or Hearts on Fire? I think mine was Eye of the Tiger. Yours was Hearts on Fire. You want to start over? No, you're yeah. good. You're, I do. I, I don't want to give you credit for that. I think you had Hearts on Fire. I did. Mine was Danger Zone, The Heat Is On from Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, uh, Don't You Forget About Me from Breakfast Club, and I think I had Eye of the Tiger and you had Hearts on Fire. There's a lot of like actiony words in there. Just saying all those sounds yeah. it made me it's like so heat excited. And danger, yeah. yeah, danger zone. This <laughs> time, an Archer thing now. I'm a big time Archer <laughs> thing. This time around, Bloody Mary. Same idea. <laughs> this time around, same idea, same concept. I felt more comfortable in my Liberated, skin yeah. to like get a little bit, you know, deep cut. Go for some of the songs of movies that maybe you weren't as familiar with. Yeah, this was a lot more fun. I got really campy with this. I'll tell you right now, if uh, any songs by the Cherry Bomb pop up 
I will slap you across the face. Who's the chair? Oh, Max. Max. Yeah, sorry. Leah Thompson's band? Come on. Did they actually have tracks that were on the soundtrack? Multiple, aside from Howard the Duck. Multiple. (laughs) You can't find Howard the Duck anywhere. Well, that's because he's been buried alive. (laughs) He's quacker. I just posted a TikTok about him and people liked it. Well, that's good, Max. That's great. (laughs) He's in the MCU. So, Max, per our contractual agreement, you will decide who will go first and what the order will be. Are we going to go back and forth with someone starting first? Are we going to, whatever you want. We each have five songs from five movies. The additional thing that we're going to do that I'm really excited to let the, let our fans know Max completely pooped the bed and did not prepare for today. In our first episode, episode one, to make it a little interesting, we did Casey Kasem kind of intros, you know, like this next song coming at you like as best we could. And I told Max when we did this topic, we're doing the exact same thing and somehow it escaped you that we would do the Casey Kasem intros. So I meant the exact same theme. Like I didn't think we were going to do word for word. So Max will be ad-libbing intros to all of these, which I'm really excited to hear. We might stop halfway through. No, no, I'm, I'm leaving here. I promise you this. Because this is a little, we're going to give you a taste of Patreon. If you don't think that it's worth the Patreon, some of what we're going to provide our Patreon viewers is going to, listeners, I should say, is going to be uncut <laughs> Max and Mo screwing up. So today we'll give you a so little taste of what that sounds like. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Pain. You're fine. You're fine. So Max, who goes first? Who goes second? You go first. I go first. All right. Uh, well, I need to see how this is done because I don't have any notes about this. That, well, you we better take five minutes. You, I you, you, this you down. better get moving, buddy. You better put your thinking cap on and get ready. I will start yeah. with uh, my number five and then we'll count down to one. I already gave you the ones we listed from the first episode. We're obviously not doing those again. Are you ready, Max? Are you sure. ready for me to kick it off yeah. and remind you how this is done? <laughs> My, this first one's Did really you the Ghostbuster one? I am so scared, Casey. I messed <laughs> up. I, oh, I didn't mess it up, but we were dying laughing. It was, you really, you, I, and you didn't even go back and listen to the first episode. I went no, back and listened. I always go forward. No blinders. Don't look back. In 1986, our friends the Autobots, led by Optimus Prime, faced off against Megatron, the Decepticons, and a colossal planet-consuming robot named Unicron. Lucky for Prime and friends, they won't have to do it alone. Singer-songwriter Stan Bush will help our heroes with a rock ballad even Starscream would like. Enjoy this Grimlock smash, written and performed by Stan Bush, The Touch. You got the touch! You got the power! You got the touch! <laughs> is this the Boogie Night song? Yes! One of the greatest <laughs> moments I've had ever. And I can't, it's too bad that we didn't do it on air. I think we were just talking, and I'm like, Max, you know, like from Boogie Nights, that when Dirk Diggler was in the recording studio, yeah. he was singing, You've Got the Touch. It's called The Touch by Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie. Apparently. And by the way, I've seen it now. I'm giving a total shout out to one of our new Patreons, Adam Kachke, who almost won the prize for being the first person to review us because this is one of his favorite movies and I he inspired me to put this in my list. This movie's insane. It is the best. <laughs> Are there robo sharks? Max, this is one of those movies 1986. I rem- I vividly remember seeing this movie. Spoiler alert. Killing Optimus Prime was emotionally devastating to me as a child. <laughs> like this changed it? me. This changed me. Yeah. I, I became a different person. You know how you think Worst like I'm, I'm a bu- yeah you think I'm like a bully? It's because they killed Prime. That's weird. I don't care that they gave the Matrix to Hot Rod and, and he became like Hot Rodimus Prime or whatever his name is. Like The it, Matrix? Oh, yeah. The, oh, okay. I thought, Max! The Matrix! The Matrix! Just, the, Matrix. Ma- the Matrix just came out. There's only one Matrix. It's in the chest of Prime. <laughs> Jesus, come on! Uh, this movie... That's the Cube. It's the Cube. It's called The Matrix. Okay. The Leadership Matrix. <laughs> Can you please stop, for God's sake? Orson Welles. Leonard Nimoy. Uh, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Yeah, this has got all you ever needed. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> That's what you need. I have some facts <laughs> about this garbage song that is going to make you so it's a excited. Great song. So I hold did it top the charts. I got to stop for a second. Yeah. I got to tell you something completely unrelated to this song that you're going to love. Okay. One of the songs I wanted to put in my top five was the song from Teen Wolf. Win in the end. That you know the win in the I end. I thought about that too. That song I couldn't determine if it was made for that movie. It or wasn't. Not. It wasn't. So yeah. I couldn't put it in there. Nope. But the guy whose name is totally escaping me right now, who wrote and performed that song. Do you remember when you're a basketball guy? So you're going to love this fact. Remember when Jeremy Lin came out of nowhere and was yeah, just crushing it? He made a remake of the song. The original performer you got the called Lin in the end. That's incredible. What about Jeremy Lin? That's amazing. So he, you got to look that up. It's amazing. It's incredible. He, he made it? He made it. Yeah. Nobody asked him to. He just did it. That's a Harvard education right there. <laughs> it's amazing. You went to Harvard, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I figured you'd be excited about that. He's got crazy hair now. This movie, forget the song for a minute. This movie's straight fire. You got to watch it if you're like a, if you're a fan. Don Simpson drank six coffees. Yeah, 
It was just fired up. <laughs> Let me tell you about the song. <laughs> So Stan Bush, Stan Bush is, is that his real name. That's his name. That's not Stan Bush light. It's Stan Bush. <laughs> After all is said and done. I'm sorry. I won't do this. You're a winner. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Uh, this is the best. I, when I tell you this, you're going to lose your mind. This is unbelievably cool. So first of all, this was released on a double A side single. Do you know the other song that was on it? Can't touch this. Empty hammer. No, it's dare to be stupid, which is a song in this movie. And you know who did that song? The Beastie Boys. Your boy, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, cool. <laughs> Why would they get him for this movie? I don't know. They did. He got a song on this movie. <laughs> that, that, there is a single cassette out there that on one side has got the touch and the other side has Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid, which is incredible. <laughs> That's got to be a collector thing. I, I would like to have it. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Bush had a dream. He wanted to create music for movies. So the touch. Unlike Kenny Loggins. Right. So I just want you to remember this. The touch. The idea of the touch. Like you've got the touch. Do you know what inspired this song? Do you know what inspired Stan Bush to to create this song? Ronald Reagan? Iron Eagle. Shut up. (laughs) Iron freaking Eagle. There's a scene in the movie where Louis Gossett Jr. turns to his young pilot and says, kid, you've got the touch. No way. So then, hold on, it gets even better. So then that song gets created and Stan Bush pushes the song to be in Cobra. He gets it to his manager who takes it to be in Cobra. And they're like, no, no, we've got something else in mind. Transformers the movie. That's incredible. The scene in the movie that this is played, right? Megatron is attacking the Transformers. The Constructicons form Devastator. I think it's Devastator. I hope it's, yes, it's Devastator. And they're fighting. And then all of a sudden, Prime shows up. And it's the ultimate fight. It's the Prime Megatron fight. And it goes from all of this like normal Transformers music to... Bum, 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 bum. you've got the touch <laughs> and you have this massive fight and prime gets killed and, like then, an and, my, and then my heart is ripped out of my chest yeah. yeah were you okay no additionally stan bush has tried to reinsert himself like a hundred times in fact he was at like BotCon, which is like a robot comic-con <laughs> sure, thing why not he like tagged mark Wahlberg and was like hey do you want to join me on stage to sing this mark Wahlberg didn't reply but that's okay <laughs> and then obviously boogie nights we talked about it's popped up a bunch of places it was in a uh, bumblebee which was like a uh, one of the yeah, star yeah. wars it had like a little played for a second on the radio not Star Wars, Transformers. Did I say Star Wars? You did. Wow. Yeah. That's all awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so anyways. I heard Bumblebee was good. I liked the first Michael Bay Transformers. Oh yeah, Shia LaBeouf. It was great. Yeah. But then after that kind of trailed and then what they did with Bumblebee was so true to the feel of the 80s Star Wars. Cool. The 80s <laughs> freaking Transformers. Why do I keep on saying Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because I've got a Star Wars song. That's not that's a I didn't score. Pick, I didn't pick a Star Wars okay. song. Don't worry. The Max, Duel of the Fates I spent way too much time on this movie. <laughs> I do this every episode. I get so excited at my first. So that's my pick. Coming out the gate, coming out hot. Uh I don't have any real chart information on this. No? <laughs> it didn't really top the charts or do a whole lot. No. Did it hit let, the top one hundred? Let me check my notes real quick. That's all I got. That's okay. all I got. You got the moves. <laughs> you know this. Okay. All right. I'm done. Max, I'm excited to hear your Casey Kasem for your first choice. Wait a second. I won the bet. So I don't. What does the bet has nothing to do with this? I don't know. I'm superseding you. <laughs> Objection. We're not in court. Foul play. Also not in court. What is it? What is. All right. Uh, I would that, rather. I would I rather nothing. just let you not do the Casey Kasem than have to watch you sludge through this. Thank so you. If you don't want to do the Casey Kasem, you don't have to. I will do the Casey Kasem for my songs. And for those of you that don't know, we tried one and it's really, it was, it was, it was, it was actually so bad that I couldn't leave it. It in. wasn't funny. No, it was just, sad. I was sad. It was very sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little behind the scenes. Yeah. All right. Who's your first song, Max? 1987. Nothing's going to stop us now. Mannequin. Good. Do you know what I'm gonna do? What? I'm still gonna cut in all of the Casey Kasem music and then just use your one lines <laughs> in it. So it's gonna be like 1997. Nothing's gonna stop us, mannequin, and then right into the song. Okay, so movie facts first. This is the greatest movie of 1987. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's strong. I'm just saying a lot. A young artist makes a mannequin so perfect he falls in love with it. He gets a job at her department store, and his creation comes to life in the form of an ancient Egyptian princess, Emmy, who was living in the year. 2514 BC. Classic story. Classic. <laughs> Basic romance. Simple romance. I love this movie. You really do like this movie. And so this America. It made 42 million on 6 million. I'm not surprised that you have this song. Yeah. By the way, it's one of three movies that Andrew McCarthy and James Spader are in together. Can you name the other two? Yes. 
Uh, uh, pretty in pink. Yep. And I'm brain farting. Less than zero. Less than zero. Classic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the song was written by Diane Warren and Albert Hammond, and it's recorded by Starship. Don't confuse them with Starship, not Enterprise. Troopers? No, <laughs> that's all. That movie rules. <laughs> Jefferson Starship. Yes. Different. Yeah. They're from San Francisco. They had two top 100 Billboard hits in We Built This City. Which I love that we song. We Built This City. Do you remember the Simpsons where Homer keeps on singing that over <laughs> <Yeah>. again? <laughs> <laughs> and a song named Sarah I'd never heard of. Oh, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> when you have a younger sister named Sarah and oh, there's yeah, a song yeah, called Sarah, you know this. the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this song was their monster smash. Yeah. It hit number one on the Billboard Top 100. Topped the charts in Canada, Ireland, and the UK. And it won the best original song at the 60th Academy Awards. Really? Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. Yeah. Top 10 in 1987 in six other European countries. I'm such a nerd about this. You thing. are such a nerd. <laughs> in the but yeah, you can't do a Casey Kasem <laughs> intro. <I know. laughs> Second most popular song in the UK that year. Do you know what the first song was? No. Never Gonna Give You Up. Rick Ashley. Rick Ashley. Yeah. Never Gonna Give yeah. You Up. Have you seen him with uh, David like Grohl? And how like they're like boys and they like travel with no. each other and perform? That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I got to see that. Foo Fighters and uh, Rick Ashley, I think, tour together so now. So they like Rick Roll, the Foo Fighters crowd? Yes. Stuff? Yeah. That's he, cool. Like they took him in like a truck <laughs> in the middle. I got to send you the videos. It's amazing. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and also Grace Slick, the Starship singer, became the oldest woman to obtain a number one single in the U.S. Wow. She got beaten by uh, Cher when she was 52 mm-hmm. for Believe. Mm-hmm. You're not interested in nope, that at all. Nope. I zoned out. <laughs> And in the movie, you think this would be like part of like the main part of the movie, but it's at the end when they're getting married yeah. and like and the oh, love, the love. Yeah, and Hollywood's marrying him. He's in the purple suit. He's crying, and there's a freeze frame, which is very important. God, to you love freeze frames. I do. They're your thing. Nothing's gonna stop us now, Mo. Oh my God, are we ready for mine now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo! All Let's right, pot. I'm ready for my Casey Kasem. <laughs> are you ready? You're just going to rub this in my face. Everyone, yeah. every single yeah. one. Because uh, I prepared all these great Casey Kasems. They're still great. I don't know if I'll make it through this one without <laughs> laughing, but I'm going to try. Dear Casey, I recently watched Kevin Bacon's classic Footloose. It really spoke to me as I have a friend just like Willard who doesn't know his right foot from his left. It would mean the world to me if you could help teach Max, I mean my friend, to dance. Thanks as always, Little Mo, I mean Timmy from Detroit. Well, Timmy, I can't make any promises, but let's see if Denise Williams' classic, Let's Hear It For The Boy, can help your friend find his rhythm. can hate Kenny, but you can't hate him that much. You got This have- isn't Kenny Loggins. Footloose? Go for <laughs> it. I just looked at you and did the full <laughs> read of this and said, let's hear it for the boy. I even gave you as Denise Williams, and you're like, it's time for Kenny Loggins. <laughs> where, you said my name where is your head? You said my name, and I short-circuited it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. No disassemble. <laughs> All right, so obviously there's people that are going to wonder, why haven't you done Footloose, right? The, the song. Screw Kenny. It's not even the Screw Kenny. Like, I just like this t-shirts. song more. Like, if, if, if I'm going Kenny Loggins. This is the dance montage scene. Right. right? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll get to it. I'll okay, get to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm going Kenny Loggins, I would probably go... Um, I'm all right. That's really good. First. And I'm yeah. surprised we haven't picked that yeah. at all. I, I don't I don't I mean I'll just full disclosure, I don't have that on my Me list. Neither. I don't know why. I know. It's a great song. Because we hate Kenny. I think it is because of the whole danger. Well, we gave him danger zone in the first one. We did, begrudgingly. I, yeah, I know. Whatever. Well, our name was Buzz on the Tower. That's true. Kind of had to. <laughs> so <laughs> uh Dean Pitchford, who is the screenwriter of Footloose, penned every song in the movie. No way. Yeah, I didn't know that either. He teamed up with Tom Snow. Uh, for Let's Hear It For The Boy. Pitchford felt he had enough clout to go after Denise Williams, who she was pretty famous herself. Um, she had already had uh, like a number one R&B and she was like an established musician. Yeah. And they went after her and she loved it. She's and really and she, she grew up apparently in Gary, Indiana. So like for her, she like understood this film. Isn't that where the Jacksons were born? And yes, raised? Yeah, it was. I th- it sounded familiar. What a small town of like talented people, right? So this one did make the U.S. Billboard's Hot 100 in 1984. And for those of you that don't know, Footloose is a story of a ravishly handsome young man from the city, moves into the country, befriends uh, uh, a thin Chris Penn. Yes. Before he turned into, <laughs> what's the best of the best? Yeah. Racist, fat Chris Penn. <laughs> Jesus. That movie's incredible. He's dead. He's nice. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, Whoops. <laughs> well, what other, what other, he was in some like uh, mafia Yeah, he's movie. in Corky Romano. Yeah. 
You called that a mafia movie. It was. You're right. I love that you knew it was Corky Romano. <laughs> Jesus, that's great. So in Footloose, I have to tell you, like I do, I love Footloose, but my favorite absolute part of the movie is this song and when the song comes in. They're teaching Chris Ben to dance. Slow down. Sorry. How Sorry. many times do I have to slap you on this episode? <laughs> Why don't you work on your Casey Kasem intro? I to, Why? You well, you barely even knew that I was talking about the song and you keep on wanting to jump to it. Can I tee it up a little bit? Can I give a little bit of romance to it? Yes. They're, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> they're all in the locker room and they're talking about Kevin Bacon's like, you know, Ren is like, I, I'm going to have to go in front of this group, the the council. And he looks right at Willard and is like, hey, if I'm going to have to do this, you're going to have to learn to dance. Immediately cuts to Max is laughing because he sees me dancing right now. This is the Max and Mo story. If I was ever going to teach you to dance, this is how it would all start. Blind don't lead the blind. It would be you and I in an old beetle and I would be snapping my fingers and you would be offbeat snapping your fingers and then I have to slap your hand <laughs> to get you to slap your hand the right way. I still can't clap when we do the uh, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. You, you are, you're Willard. You really are Willard. I'll take it. I, well, he's handsome. he was handsome in that film. Yeah. So the it's, wrestling moves are cool, though. Uh, the whole thing, the whole scene is great. It starts with the hand slapping, and then it goes to headphones walking down the hallway of the school. Then they're outside with the boombox and yeah. his two sisters. And they're teaching him how to dance. <laughs> Then he's dancing in his room and it's moving so much that the chandelier downstairs is shaking and his mom and dad, who look like they're in their eighties, look <laughs> yeah, up at do. the chandelier and his dad is like furious. Like, go get him, get him out of this house. <laughs> and I'm just like, all he's doing is dancing, man. He's just dancing. Jeez, oh, let him dance, you know? <laughs> Uh, you know I love the, the music episodes. I get all fired up about them. You do. They go through that. They're skipping through a meadow. They're in this high school on at like the half court of the of the basketball of the gym, like slow dancing. They had no fear. I mean, I wouldn't do that kind of stuff in high school. People beat you up. I think they were already kind of losers. Yeah, I don't know if they were losers. They had like Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, maybe, what? Yeah. No, that's a compliment. Yeah, I don't know. So then they start doing the robot in the parking lot, and they yeah. and they they conclude everything with the best scene, which is that shot on the bleachers of just their boots, it's yeah. their cowboy boots, yeah. and then it cuts into them dancing, but. It's, it's a no-brainer for me. We had to bring it out. We had to bust it out. Let's do it for the boy. It's a wonderful scene. I knew you'd like it. Yeah. Once you figured out what song and what movie it's it was. It's a montage, too. It is. And you know how I feel about a good montage. Always. A good montage! <laughs> <laughs> Max, are you ready for your Casey case? <laughs> Which is only one sentence. You just have to do one sentence. Hold on. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. I chose 1986's Eric Clapton hit, It's in the Way That You Use It, From the Color of Money. Yeah. What a great movie. Scorsese's lost sports picture. Yeah. He, he says pictures. He's like, I, on this picture. It's just so funny to me that pool's considered a sport. But it is. I know. I know. It's just what? curling and pool. I just, I have Cricket. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Soccer. F- F1's becoming all popular. <laughs> Your kid is like a soccer He's a stud. Star. He's a stud. He's, a, he's an academic athlete. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> This movie rules. It's a great movie. It's it's probably Paul Newman's great last performance. Tell the people about the movie. Okay. So Fast Eddie Falson, great name, teaches a cocky but immensely talented protege the ropes of pool hustling. Tommy C. Yeah. I mean, freaking Paul Newman and Tom Cruise is Vincent. This is the last time Tom Cruise played someone who was kind of an idiot. And it's like his vulnerability and kind of like his arrogance and his anger. Un- unchecked rage. Yeah. 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 His relationship with uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastran. Say it. Mastrantonio. Antonio. Is that yeah, it? you're okay. good. Okay, you're cool. Good, As Carmen, yeah, I just love that. <laughs> I mean, this movie—it's just fun. It's just a—it's just a cool movie. It's and a very cool movie. Yeah, Scorsese with all the angles on the pool halls and the balls, like he's—he's he's following them and all. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Cruz learned all but one trick in this movie, and he would have learned the last trick. Didn't you? I think you did this on like there's some TikTok that you put it on, and like some troll was like. Who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Everybody just attacked him. Yeah. It was pretty impressive, I think. It is. Yeah. Well, this this started the Tom Cruise-assance of him learning and being a master in whatever he does. Tom Cruise-assance. I like that. Yeah. Like, you know how he can hold his breath for seven minutes or yeah. like, hold the side of a plane? He and has a direct a line to the aliens, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, he's got a weird thing with cakes with people. I'm sure. That he sends, no matter who it is, like your brother, your sister, of someone he worked with, he sends them like an absurd amount of cake for their birthday. Oh, why don't we get cakes from him? We don't know him yet. Fix that. <laughs> all right. Anyway. To the song. Yeah, to the, the song, song Max. Specifically written for the soundtrack because before it was a single on Clapton's 86 album, I checked. And he wrote it with Robbie Robertson, who encouraged Clapton to get away from long, heavy solos like he did with Cream. This is just a poppy, fun song. Like, it just feels good. The scene is awesome. They're at Chalkies. They walk in. 
Newman knows the place. You know, Tom Cruise is freaking out because not freaking out, but he's like kind of nervous energy. Sure. Yeah. And it feels like this is playing on the jukebox, but this is a club where it doesn't look like Eric Clapton would be playing on the jukebox. <laughs> Whatever. You know, <laughs> super cool. Newman's kind of flashing his connects. Cruise has his Vince T-shirt, which is fantastic. And the guitar solo comes in heavy as Carmen is sizing up the competition. And they start yelling at each other and get in kind of a fight. And they, Newman tells Cruz to stay away from Moselle, who's like the main stick there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, the main the, stick. Yeah, I great? love that. that I do fun? love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, th- and then the most important scene in the entire movie when the, when Moselle comes over to him, he's like, "What you got in there?" And he kind of rubs the babushka case, and he just opens it up and has that million dollar smile and just goes, "Doom." <laughs> And you're just like, I love this guy. It's it's a great song. It's a good pick. It's interesting. There's some movies that I just I, I sometimes I'm, I'm fascinated by the movies you like, like the catch me off guard that you yeah. like. I would never pick you as a color of money kind of guy. Seriously? Yeah. I love. Hustling. Well, yeah, you love hustling. You never hustle mind. Never boy. mind. You do love a good hustle. <laughs> and also Moselle says, let's play. And Cruz between his laugh goes, yeah, let's play. We're going to have a lot of fun. And you're just like, let's go. You know, I've got at least seven episodes where you click your fingers and it, it comes in so poorly and I always edit it out and I always forgot to tell you, but you look so excited doing it that I always, I let it slide. <laughs> oh, good pick. Max, before we go back to me. Ad time? Ad time. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it right now. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all natural. It's okay. (laughs) Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, Try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man, and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is It's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larrabee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, She loves what she does and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, Check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She made anyone look good. Welcome back, Max Sanders. Hi. Hi. So quick recap. We're only two in. We're only two in, <laughs> but it's good to recap. Is it? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I put in the touch, and uh, let's hear it for the boy. And what do you got? I have Footloose by Eric Clapton. <laughs> Footloose by Eric Clapton. <laughs> Would you know my foot if it was loose? I'm sorry. Oh, that's not sad. That's about his. I know his dead kid. Yeah. I know. Come on. Well, you started it. But you didn't have to remind me of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, All right, sorry. Foot loose. <laughs> you got me on my knees. Foot loose. That's better. Is that better? Nothing's gonna stop us by Je- by Starship, not Jefferson Starship. Even though I <laughs> you made really- a huge stink about how it's yeah. not them. Well, that's what Wikipedia said. Oh, good old <laughs> Wikipedia. It'll be funny one day. They'll be like, Wikipedia is closed down, and unrelated news. Buzzing the tower is off the air. It's in the way that you use it there by Eric Clapton. There you go. The Clapster. Good work. Good work. All right, Max. Although I did not list this as my number one pick, it might be my favorite. What is it? The, the little pregnant <laughs> pause. I don't know. Casey Kasem's going to tell you. Hold on okay. a second. There's no better way to start a space opera than with Queen. Freddie Mercury gives us musical gold once again. Peaking on the charts in 1980 at number 39, Queen's Flash from the movie Flash Gordon reminds us who the savior of the universe really is. Didn't I pick this for scores? No. Okay. It doesn't count for scores. Didn't he score the movie? Yeah, but it, it, this song, <laughs> this song, Flash, yeah. is a yeah. song. Okay. Don't you don't get don't get technical <laughs> with me on this. It's a fantastic. It thing. absolutely is. You can't go wrong with Queen or Flash Gordon. 
Max, in 1980, Mike Hodges changed the world. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> this movie is just, it's, it's camp. It's inconceivable to me how this movie got made. There's red Twinkies at the Hawkins. There's seat. a lot of insanity in this movie, right? So Dive! a football player and his friends travel to the planet Mongo and find themselves fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless yeah. to save Earth. Queen's involvement in this is straight fire. I, I, the thing that you have to love about Queen more than anything else in the world, one of the best rock bands ever, incredible music, groundbreaking stuff, and Highlander. They had fun with Flat, movies. They had a good time. They yeah. didn't care. I feel like they would do like an Edgar Wright, like Shaun of the Dead, if they were like alive. Totally. Well, no, I mean, Freddie was alive now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The rest of them were alive. I understand. I knew what you meant. Yeah. It wasn't offensive to me. You made that look on your face like it might be offensive. You're okay. <laughs> when Freddie Mercury started working on this, first of all, they had a month like they had just come off of like something else, maybe like the game or I can't remember what it was. And it was in October and they had a deadline on this in November. So when they're working on this, it wasn't just the music. The music itself is incredible. The The Flash logo was Freddie Mercury. No way. Yeah. And then in addition to that, he wanted it to be more than just music. So in the album, he infused it with actual speaking parts from the movie. So I didn't play it on the Casey Kasem thing. Mm. But the whole beginning of the song Flash. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, your majesty? The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. <laughs> good laugh. And then he uses his ring or something and brings earthquake and destruction. <laughs> and you hear, most effective, your majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Later, I like to play with things a while before annihilation. And then you get the flash. He's the savior of the universe. I mean, it's the best. I get goosebumps just hearing it. And if that wasn't good enough, I already told you, I think the best cameo I've ever seen in a movie in my entire life is Ted. When Flash Gordon, yeah. when the, when the, when Wahlberg and the teddy bear are at the party, <laughs> Ted? And he yeah. calls Wahlberg. He's like, you got to get down here right now. Flash Gordon is here. <laughs> and the slow-mo him walking through the party to just flash. Uh, <laughs> With so, the hair wind. The oh, wind. it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. The song got as high as number 10 on the UK singles chart and number three in Germany. And on the US charts, Flash, the actual song reached 42 on the Billboard Hot 100. It peaked at 39 on the Cashbox 100. Nice. Cashbox Top 100. It's lived on. It is my choice. You think if you're in a crowd of people our age and you just go, Flash, you think people will respond? I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. We should try. I'm going to start using it more often. When we have like speaking engagements at like places, (laughs) we're going to get on stage and go, Flash, and then put the mic out. We're going to be introduced to the song. Like if we ever are on like the the, the circuit of like- What's our introduction song? It would have to be this. That's pretty good. It would have to be this. All right, Max. Max, uh, it's time for your kissy kissum. I'm gonna try it. Ready? <laughs> yes, I am ready. Dear Casey, Patrick Swayze makes me happy. Please play. <laughs> I've had the time of my life. Bye. This is really good. Bill Medley and Jennifer Wards. And cue the song. <laughs> Great pick. This song rules. I'm stunned that we didn't get this on the first. I, I really do think when we did the first episode that you and I were really conscious about we have to, we a have to love the song, but we wanted like as much commercial appeal as possible. Whereas now I'm picking flash cord and you're a little now I heard heard (laughs) the time of my life. Was it Sam Elliott singing it now? (laughs) Or I never feel this way before. Sam Elliott sing? I don't know. (laughs) He could. Yeah. I'd listen to it. Star is born. He's the older brother that sings. Oh, I did not know that. your voice. So I really feel like I need to get into Yellowstone. I've not watched a single episode. I'm a little afraid that I'm going to become addicted. Well, I heard they're doing like a prequel to Yellowstone or like an origin story and that Sam Elliott's in it. Nice. So that like almost makes me want to get into Yellowstone. Yeah. It's Kevin Costner. I know. I've heard great stuff. Yeah. Nothing but great stuff. It's for old people. Uh, Hard right. Back to the hard left. (laughs) Max, let's talk about uh, Dirty Dancing. This is the little movie that could. This This movie is... Man. So 
if you don't have any frame of reference for it, watch the movies that made us on this one. This is I, I it was in miraculous. general in general they they do a great job. Shout out to the movies that made us. Yeah, that's, that's a great show. But this one is like. What is this movie about, Max? Just in case I never have seen it before. In 1987, spending the 1963 summer at the Catskills Resort with her family, Frances Baby Houseman falls in love with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. That's all you need to know. It's just, it's all, well, I guess you need to know a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's about the power of dance and how you can connect that way. It's about a father and his daughter. Yeah. It's about the the, the little engine that could. It's about (laughs) Swayze. Jennifer Grey. Yeah. Their relationship's interesting because they didn't want to work together after Red Dawn. They didn't get along at all. Uh So you can kind of feel that tension between them. Like, remember the scene where he picks up her arm and she's laughing? Yeah. And he's pissed. He he's looks pissed. pissed. That's actually what ha- that was. That wasn't part of the script. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he was just like, I'm a dancer. Didn't he like blow his knee out and still like. So the log scene, you know, where they're dancing on the log. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to stunt double. He fell, smashed his knee up. They need to be drained of fluid. And still in the very last scene where this song comes on, he does a jump off of the stage. Sure. And there's like, there's a deleted scene, not a deleted scene. There's a behind the scenes of him doing it like 10 times. Onto like a soft pad or something, but it was still. Crushed. No, it was. Oh, was, I was okay. Never no. mind. Never mind. Don't, Sorry. Jeez. Don't jeez. Ways. Let's talk about the song. Yeah. Take me. Take me to the song. Soothe me. Soothe me with the song. Composed by Frank Previte. <laughs> it's French. Previte. I'm going to recommend that you just go with first <laughs> names on this one. These are all tough names. Okay. Composed by Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Frank the Tank. And he was pestered by Jimmy Lerner, who was the head of Millennium Records, mm-hmm. to make songs for this movie. But he didn't want to because he hadn't signed a record deal yet. He's like, I need to work on my own stuff. But eventually they got him to write several songs for this movie, including Hungry Eyes. Oh, so this man. dude rules and he owes a lot to this movie. And, hungry Eyes. And it's weird. The first time you see this movie, it feels like this song was made in the 60s and they picked it out for now. Right. You know right. What I mean? No, no. The, the, the whole soundtrack is, is just perfect it yeah. fits perfectly yeah, yeah but i love that they gave an homage to the 60s in it and this won an academy award too i'm an oscar guy apparently you are you so are. 87 best original Your refined song. taste super refined taste <laughs> mm. that's when i think of max sanders i think of refined taste <laughs> golden globe it won too and it won a grammy for best pop performance by a duo or vocals and i guess the song was initially slated for donna summer and joe esposito oh man that could have exploded the world. Joe Esposito. And Donna Summer. Wow. I'm, you know how I feel about Joe Esposito. Yeah. But Summer didn't like the title of the film. Mm. So she's like, screw it. I'm not yeah. going to do it. I think a lot of times, too, like if you think about this movie, this wasn't like they were cookie cutting a proven entity, right? Like no. this, this was like. 60s. Right. How, really? This yeah. is what you're making a movie about? Nobody could have possibly known that no. this was going to be. Make $214 million. Million. <laughs> also, a Lionel Richie song was intended for the finale at some point, but the next that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't you know what I'm saying? That's good. It's yeah, good. That's pretty good. Any other facts? Well, I mean, the scene itself, it's the nobody puts baby in a corner. I was waiting for you to get in the scene. I don't yeah. care about your facts. Talk okay. to me about. So baby's on stage staring at Johnny. After he gives the speech, he's like, you changed my life. You know, and I just want to dance. And you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Because every dance movie needs that crescendo finale song. Like Save the Last Dance, this. What else is there? <laughs> Save that love. You're, you're off the top of my head. I got chills. <laughs> They're multiplying. Come on, Grease. The last so- the last dance song. That's true. But like the performance that defines it. You see what I'm saying? Like they're on stage and they have to show that they're like a great dancer. Yeah. And they changed the world that yeah. day by showing their love for each other and for dance. Well, they changed the Catskills resort too. Cause they're like, we're floundering. What do we do? These kids, what do they want? And they Marvin! Want, <laughs> and they want dirty dance. Isn't it the feel though? From, from, from back <laughs> to the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that new sound yeah. you've been looking for. <laughs> And just Swayze feeling himself to the beat of the song, like the hip gyration. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, the lift at the end, they finally got it. Yeah. And it's like the back and forth between the male and female vocals really kind of applies to Baby and Johnny, who mm-hmm. probably broke up a week later. Don't say that. He was like 35. So who cares? <laughs> he was punching car windows. Oh, dear God. All right. Could Johnny read? <laughs> Could Johnny read? <laughs> That's Max. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That was, that was incredible. All right. Uh, excellent pick. You know what? All of your picks have been really good today. You've been doing a good job Thanks. outside of totally crapping the bed on the Casey Kasem stuff. Do you've you been doing a good job with the poop stuff. Are you ready? Yeah. It's my turn. Is this a great one? This might only get better. Flash was really good, but this one's, I mean, we're, we're, we're leading up to my faves. Is the day Babao song from Ferris original? No. I don't, okay. No. Damn. No. Sorry. Do you don't have that on your list? Do you? No. All right. Well then don't ask me a question. Do, do your research. I did. Do your job. <laughs> This song from the 1983 movie Flashdance went gold, topped the charts as a number one single, and a top five across the world, and had us all tapping our feet and believing that dreams can come true. So put on your dancing shoes and leg warmers as we listen to Irene Cara's hit single, What a Feeling.
Maniac. It's got to be Maniac. No way. Maniac's so much better. Nope. Come on. It's Disagree. Like that. You, you, first of all, shut your pie hole. You shut your rotten pie hole. <laughs> and I will explain to you why you're wrong. Okay. And then we'll talk about Maniac. Okay. Flashdance, 1983, directed by Adrian Lynn, written by Thomas Headley and Joe Esterthas, which is a butchering of the last name. Uh, Jennifer Beals, Ooh. Michael Nori, and Leela Scala. I should probably say what the movie's about before I get into your argument. It's about dancing. Help. It is about the dancing. The Steel Town Girl on the Night of Her Life. That's what it's about. <laughs> a Pittsburgh woman with two jobs. One is a welder yeah, and one is. is an exotic dancer. Based on true story. Wants to get into the ballet school. That's it. That's yep. the movie. Simple. Yeah. Fish out of water. Before I make my argument as to why you're wrong, let me start by talking about the song. So yeah, Irene, Irene Cara wrote the lyrics with songwriter Keith Forsay. Giorgio Moroder. Yeah. You know that name. The king of disco. You got it. He composed the music and produced the track. Moroder and Forsay wrote a ton of songs that became hits in the 80s. Such as Danger Zone, Take My Breath Away, <laughs> Shakedown for Beverly Hills Cop yeah. 2. Like studs. Over the, over the top, Starface. Don't, don't you forget about me. Yeah. Yeah. So just studs. Okay. This song went to number one on Billboard Magazine's Hot 100. The reason that I picked this over Maniac, and I love the song Maniac, but first of all, this song is playing at the beginning of the movie. And you know, like I'm a huge fan of intros. We did our intro episode. Yeah. You start off with just this kind of silhouette on her bike. There's a little kitten. She's playing yeah. with a kitten. <laughs> and you hear that. And it's just her going into the city and she's a steel worker. Yeah. That's a great way to start the movie. But that last scene of the movie, Max, her dreams, everything's on the line. And I think we talked about this when we did our best dance scenes ever. I think this was high up on our list. This was three. And that's exactly the point. The maniac dance scene wasn't on this. Oh yeah, that's true. So like, that's exactly why this is so, it's huge. She gets up there. She's in front of the panel, right? Which is terrifying, right? Like to be in front of these like five stuffy people. One's got a runny nose. The other's smoking a cigar. And it's just so much anxiety. And when she's dropping the needle on the record, you can see her hand shaking. Mm. And when that thing goes down, she gets into about three, four seconds of dancing. She falls. And this is it. Is she going to be a steel worker for the rest of her life? (laughs) An exotic dancer? Or is she going to pull herself together and put on the performance of a mother freaking lifetime? (laughs) And she gets up and that song kicks back on. She puts it back on, starts over. And she wins over that table. At first, they're not even interested. They're looking down at their paper. The, board, the guy's blowing yeah. his nose. Then it's like they're kicking their foot. They're puffing the cigar with rhythm. <laughs> the one woman starts applauding and looks like she's about to break into tears. And she gets into that damn school, Max. <laughs> so don't tell me that Maniac is better than this. It's just weird that What a feeling! <laughs> that there's a male hip-hop dancer. We can see his mustache when she's doing the spins. Well, whatever. It's probably the same from Spaceballs. <laughs> remember, remember that scene in Space? Yeah. That's great. Whatever. God, you ruined everything it's, it is a great scene it's a great scene so yeah. that's why I when picked, she runs out of the school all happy and gets the yeah, roses. yeah she's got her little dog with the ro- ribbon on him little dog. Yeah. he's big he's big yeah. yeah max i love that scene it's a great movie that's my number two pick yeah almost ready for number one so speaking of jennifer beale she was offered a role in the movie i'm about to pick you you don't say yeah what's your casey Kasem intro for that uh movie that you're about to pick i don't need to do anything this is just a mic drop when doves cry purple rain Prince. Maybe you're just like my mother. She's never satisfied. Why do we scream at each other? This is what it sounds like when doves cry. It's just so epic. I try. Every time we talk about this movie and every time we talk about Prince, I almost went with the Batman song. Uh, that Prince did. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I told you, like, I like Prince. I just, I cannot get behind it the way you can. And you love this movie. You wanted the motorcycle yeah. for your collector's episode. Yeah. And now you're picking the song as your number two. I'm stunned by that. Can, go ahead. Have it. I'm going to sit here and gaze into your eyes <laughs> and just listen. So, I mean, just take it from a historical point. This is one of the most talented musicians of all time at the peak of his power. I, I objectively can agree with that. I know yeah. he could play like 15 different instruments and sing and well, dance. And I, the, I got you. And the cool thing is. He, and play basketball, Dave Chappelle. Like, I understand. He's <laughs> He wasn't a movie star. Sorry, Charlie and Eddie Murphy. That's what I meant. <laughs> he wasn't a movie star. He wasn't a pop singer for the most part. He played what he wanted to play. And for this one year in 1984, he decided, I'm going to give everyone what they want. And it's incredible. It's the this song to this day when Doves Cry comes on, I have to turn the radio all the way up. God, that's I just can't get You don't in like this. the song? No. Oh I God. don't dislike the song. I just like he only has two songs that I like would go out of my way Let's to go listen crazy? to. No. Party uh, like a 1999? No. Little uh, Red Corvette. <laughs> I just say what it is. No, I want to keep guessing. Raspberry Beret. Okay. And my first stint of bartending, 9701. 
the song had come out much earlier, but I'd never heard it until I was working in the bar. Yeah. And it was Prince's Seven. And that's like the only other song outside of Raspberry Beret that I like. Okay, whatever. You're tasteless. Not I'm tasteless. I'm a, I'm a tasteless swine. <laughs> I think it's the Minnesota connection that he wears purple and you hate I do the hate the Vikings. Yeah. The Vikings, the he's Bears, a, he's a Vikings and the Packers. Guy. I know. Yeah. The Vikings, the Bears, yeah. and the Packers yeah. can all go, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> to the Super Bowl? Because that's what they're oh, the Packers are doing. Oh, you're a funny guy. Get back <laughs> Although, to your song. So, the, by the way, the last 20 years, the Bears have as many winning records can as you, the Lions. Can you please? Go, 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 I, don't, I don't care. Just get to your stupid song. Okay. So, <laughs> this movie, kind of based on Prince's life, a young musician tormented by an abusive home situation must contend with a rival singer, a burgeoning romance, and his own dissatisfied band as his star begins to rise. I just love it. It's just fun. It's just like, will he make it? And it's just, he's crazy talented. They're performing all the time. And and this album was a monster. This was number one on the Billboard Top 100 chart and spent 24 weeks on top. That's, I think that's that, a long time. That's a long time. People people love Prince. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I recognize like how you feel about Howard the Duck is how I feel about Prince. Like yeah. it's oddball, extreme scenario. Comparing them? <laughs> yes. In my world, yes. <laughs> it's been 122 weeks total on the charts. That's a long time. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, when Doves Cry and Let's Go Crazy hit number one, this went 13 times platinum and sold 25 million copies worldwide. Million. Yeah. And the movie made $70 million, even though it's a glorified music video. Right. Yeah. It is a glorified music yeah, video. Yeah, but who doesn't love music videos? But so is Rocky Four, so that's yeah. okay. <laughs> It's not glorified. Yeah. <laughs> also won the Grammy for Best Rock Performance, Best Score, and Oscar for Best Original Score. Just nice. killed it. There you go. So the director, Albert Magnoli, who did all the Prince music videos too, told Prince he needed a song that matched the segment of the film where he's dealing with his parent troubles and a love affair. And he wrote it by the next day. That's like some John Hughes stuff right yeah. there. You yeah. know what I mean? That's how talented he was. He, all right? I, no question he was talented. Yeah. I, I will never argue that with anyone. It's got that Lin LM1 drum machine beat where mm-hmm. it's kind of like synth, but kind of funk still. And it's got the keyboard played at half speed and the, like sped it up afterwards. Like he's doing some pretty funky stuff. Yeah. And ugh, <laughs> your face. No, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's great. I mean, his, I mean, the scene itself, he's just kind of riding his bike through town. He's looking at a lake contemplatively, kind of like debating his life. And the scene before the song comes on is like, it's going to be him or Morris Day in the time that's going to stay at the band bandstand. Yeah. And who's going to win? I now wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> it's a profound lyrics too. Like maybe I'm too just demanding. Maybe I'm just like my father. Is that Morris Day in the time? Did I get that right? Yeah. You know you make me wanna. Is that no, correct? That's, that's not them. That's not them. No. So why'd you say yeah? I wasn't listening. Yeah, I know you weren't. Yeah, yeah. So I was who, trying what, to say Prince lyrics. You just back up for a second. Who sings that? You know, I do these things to test you every once in a while, and then you just ignore me. Who is it? It's Otis Day in the Night. Okay. Well, Morse Day in the Time sounds similar. That's why I was trying to mess with you. Yeah, yeah. You probably still haven't seen Animal House yet. I have. Oh, you have? Yeah, you made me watch it. All right, good. I wanted to make yeah, sure. I'm a zit. You know you make me wanna. Shout. Right? Turn my hands up and. Scream. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I know from Wedding Crashers more. There you go. Yeah. Good, 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 good. And by the way, the new Romeo and Juliet, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. They have a version of When Doves Cry. This little kid in a chorus sings it, and it's a banger. All right. So if you know, you know. You're not right. in your head in your there car you right now. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It's your turn. There you have it. Yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah. For the number one. <laughs> Before I give you my number one, I want to let you know that despite disappointing me by having no Casey Kasem stuff prepared, you had nice choices up, up until Princey boy, the Prince one, but you know how I feel about Prince. So that's yeah. Right. I mean, even in ready player two, they have a whole world of Prince. Have you seen that? I've not. They battle seven princes, like the seven versions of Prince. So there you go. To get like, and probably from that song seven. Yeah, probably. Too. Yeah. Or yeah. from the movie. What's in the box? <laughs> You gotta, we gotta read Ready Player Two. I know, I don't read. There's John Hughes. I know, I gotta. I do audiobooks. I don't have any time. I got the podcast. I got the podcast. This, this is oh the other podcast I'm working on. I haven't told you about it. All right, Max. Here we go. My last Casey Kasem. In 1983, a family from the suburbs of Chicago embarked on a vacation they'd never forget. Wally World or bust. Clark, Ellen, Audrey, and Rusty loaded up the family truckster and hit the road. No cross-country trip is complete without a theme song. Lucky for us, Fleetwood Mac's very own Lindsey Buckingham gave us that very song. Peaking at number 82, Holiday Road established itself as the Lampoon Anthem. Did not see this coming. Holiday Road. 
<laughs> come on. It's the best. It's Fleetwood Mac? Yeah. No, it's not Fleetwood Mac. Oh. But it's Lindsey Buckingham. Okay, got it. Yeah. Remember, he left? Yeah, yeah. We've had this conversation before. He just did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull it together. Sorry. All right, Max. 1983, directed by Harold Ramis, written by John Hughes. And we got Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, Dana Barron, who only made another appearance <laughs> in Uncle Cousin Eddie's Magic Christmas Island or whatever it's called. Shout out, Edwin. And of course, Anthony Michael Hall, who refuses to return my messages on Instagram <laughs> or Cameo, but that's okay. We still love you. I miss you so much. <laughs> Uh, the Griswold family's cross-country drive to the Wally World theme park proves to be much more than they ever anticipated. I mean, you and I fought about this. We just did Christmas Vacation, and you tried to make an argument that Christmas Vacation is better than the original. It is. I don't know about that, but um, this is a great movie. Holiday Road is... <laughs> I mean, come on. This is one of those songs where you hear it and you're like, it's true. It immediately, into the immediately yeah. into the movie. So let's talk about the song. This song did not have nearly the kind of commercial success that you would expect from such a great movie itself and being tied to it. And it's interesting because a lot of the songs at the time that would come out tied to a movie, like think like Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters. Sure. The video for that was really driving a lot of the success and it had all the actors and characters in it. Well, they did that a lot in the 80s. The video for this has nothing to do with the movie. Really? <laughs> it's super weird. I recommend you go watch it. Yeah. It's really, really weird. I'll put it on TikTok. It's regarded as one of the weirdest videos of the decade. Really? <laughs> it's super. Like meatloaf, I won't do that. Like it has to do with a corporate office and a weird corporate culture. It has literally no reference to the movie whatsoever. <laughs> okay. It's very odd. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham, like I said, did the song. It's a great song. He was the lead guitarist for Fleetwood Mac. He sang as well. Is he the guy who's in Running Man or is that the drummer? Drummer. Okay. I don't think that's... That band rules. Yes. I don't think that's... Like, they just have cool stuff. Oh, I have to double check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the drummer. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. The use of the song for me is what cinches it. Like, you, you get ready to watch this movie. Set it up. And the movie starts and you get the scroll right at the beginning. And in National Lampoon's Vacation, I don't know if you remember at the beginning, it's a cut of all these different postcards from like around the world. Yep. And in the like minute Iowa. the minute those start, it's and it rolls the whole time. It's just that they play out the entire song. Yeah. Until it gets to Clark and Rusty pulling into the car dealership to get Eugene Levy. swindled by Eugene Levy <laughs> on the family truckster. It additionally does the same thing for European vacation. European vacation, it's their passports getting stamped a dozen times, but that's the opening song of it. To me, it is synonymous with 80s movies. Like this and I'm All Right, which I didn't pick because, you know, my earlier issue with it. But I don't know, man. Holiday Road to me, it was in every single Lampoon it was in except for Christmas Vacation. It's in Vegas? It's in Vegas. It's in Vacation, yeah. the one that they just did. How was that one? It was okay. Yeah. I'm a huge Christina Applegate fan, so Ooh, I, I... Oh, yeah. She's she's the best. She's hilarious. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is this is synonymous with the movie. I love it. It's a good pick. I didn't see it coming. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm sneaky. Yeah. And that rounds out my five. I will recap my five before you go to your last one. The Touch from Transformers. Let's hear it for the boy. Not Footloose song, but from the movie Footloose. Max, clarifying again. Uh, Flash from Flash Gordon. What a feeling from Flashdance. And rounding it out with Holiday Road. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Max hit me. What do you got for your Should last we do a one? Poll to see who wins. No, again? I'm not ever again <laughs> doing a poll with you ever. Uh, go ahead and give me your Casey Kasem for your last one, please. Do me a favor for this last one. I'll do you a favor for this last one. Will you turn around? Wait. To, what do you mean? Just turn around. I'm not going to turn around. Just look at what you see. <laughs> turn around. Never ending story. Can you do your Casey Kasem? <laughs> Falcor, to your 1984. Case. Just give one sentence. Noah Hathaway almost died a bunch of times. Swamp of sadness. I'm doing like a haiku poem. There you go. <laughs> and done. Everyone knows this movie. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a little I'm a little annoyed that you picked this. This it, was my number six. It's so good. How did this not make your top five? Yeah, I, this and I was gonna do dance, magic dance from <laughs> the labyrinth. That? The labyrinth. Oh, okay. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Goblin King. Yeah. Uh God, this is the song <laughs> so is great. Good. When when I was watching Stranger Things, that scene in Stranger Things with Dustin and uh and his girlfriend. Yeah, Susie. And I was like, this this show. By the way, can we just briefly talk about how Stranger Things is just the absolute best thing out there? Yeah. When's the next season come out? I don't know. Oh. Is 11 too old? 
I don't know. Maybe she's 12. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Max, tell everybody, what is this movie about? A troubled boy dives into a wondrous fantasy world through the pages of a mysterious book. And that's pretty much it. There you go. Yeah. You got Bastion, who's the boy. Atreyu, who's the warrior who's trying to save the world from the nothingness that's coming. You've got the childlike empress who's just stunning. A childlike empress. Yeah, she's awesome. And these, all these weird characters. You're like, going to just not mention Artax? You're just going to glide through that? I wasn't done. Gamork, okay. who's the evil kind of wolf, who's kind of, he's working for the nothingness, I think. Is that what's going on? The nothingness or the nothing? The nothing. That's no, no, I like the nothingness. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Are you on an 80s podcast? Yeah. Okay, just I'm checking. I, I watch Cruising and you've never seen Cruising. <laughs> or No Way Out. I just watched. You haven't seen that. Have you ever seen There's No Easy Way Out? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Giorgio Moroder did Over the Top, too, and we didn't say that. Uh, well, we don't talk about Over the Top. <laughs> over, over the Top and Howard the Duck don't get talked about a lot. Says you. But uh, Artax and the Swamp of Sadness, you know, that was everyone's childhood. And directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who went on to do Troy and Das Boot. And it was the most expensive German movie ever, $27 right. million. Yeah, yeah. Based on Michael Endy books, and he hated the movie so much. He's like, you ruined my idea of kind of creativity, fostering, and killing the sadness in the world. Yes. And Falcor. And Falcor. Falcor's so weird and great. You love some Falcor. 6,000 uh, customized sequences were in his body, and he's 43 feet long. And yeah. You can ride him in Germany in a museum. There is a museum. We have talked. Why have we talked about this movie a lot? I feel like we've actually, as you're giving these facts, I'm like, I have heard all these facts from your mouth well, in the last year. Okay. So here's the thing that blew my mind. Yes. <laughs> this The vocals are by Lamal. Yes. Who's just, just very popular. I've been to two Lamal concerts. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, Max, really. So as a reference to the film, the song has no clear beginning or end. It doesn't fade and it doesn't like go in. Like, it just slightly. starts with it turn just starts, yeah. around. So if you play it over and over again, it just keeps going. So there, technically there is no ending. Well, that's cool. Isn't that awesome? That's very cool. Yeah. It was number one in Norway, Sweden, number two in Austria, Germany, and Italy. When did the song appear in the movie? When was the first appearance of the song? It's in the opening credits. Okay. So, I mean, like, you get those kind of... I forgot how weird the opening credits are. Is it opening and ending? Doesn't it do in the ending, too? So, it's at the end when Bastion is on Falcor doing the, yeah! So, it's not during that, but the second it fades to black, and they And say, they roll the credits. <laughs> well, they go, he had many other amazing adventures before he returned to the ordinary world. But that's another story. And they go, turn, turn around. around. And you're just like, woo! <laughs> so, it really fires you up. This song is so much fun. It is. It's very 80s synthy. It's a great pick. And also, this is really random. Lamal had a decent career, but nothing matched the song's success. He's the inspiration for the X-Men character Longshot, apparently. Really? Yeah, right? I was like, that's the fact to end things on. Max, I think you're going to end on that fact. Excellent job. We've just wrapped the second part of Radical 80s Movie Jams. Woo! Part three coming at you. Uh, Maybe. We'll have to see. We're we're running out of cool stuff. I don't have a ton more. Really? Don't give any. Because we might have... No. I only need one. One. Okay, uh, Kokomo from uh, Cocktail. Oh, that's a really because you one. forget that that's, oh, from that's, a, that's a great. Isn't one. it great? That's a really good one. Yeah, the song became bigger than the movie, which was already huge. That's another song where I make words up all the time because I yeah. just know the rhythm. It's like Bermuda, <laughs> Bahama, come on, pretty mama, Latigo. Toyota, Honda, ever go to Kokomo. We'll get you fast, and then we'll take it slow. <laughs> Yes, we're, we're, we're losing people. We're down in Kokomo. Yeah, Beach Boys. There you go. Max, that is uh that's a wrap. Let's head on over to the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Chris J, the name of his company, Contenders. Let's take a brief moment to talk about the degree of excitement I have about his website and his, the stuff that he has. Max. They've boiled down what Buzz in the Tower is into apparel. It, pretty much. I need everybody listening to go to contendersclothing.com. Contenders, plural, clothing.com. Easy to spell. The licensed gear that they have. Okay. On the licensed collection. It's like our top five. Let me just read. Let me, let me read <laughs> what they have for their licensed collection. Bloodsport. Yep. Cobra Kai. Muhammad Ali, Top Gun, Rocky. Yep. The thing I really love (laughs) about their site and their stuff, some of it is traditional replica, but a lot of it is like influenced by the film. Yeah. Like there's a pair of boxer shorts with the tiger on it 
that uh, Rock's got. It's Max. I could go shopping on here. I mean, I wish we had done this a little bit before Christmas because I totally would have emailed this out to all my family and been like, uh, if you could pick me up like it's so, seven or yeah. eight things on here, it's fantastic. The Top Gun stuff, they have like the gear that they're wearing, like all four. The Drago shirt, the, oh long, the long sleeve red Drago shirt. Yeah, I want all of this. And like Tyson Fury and other like serious boxers wear all this stuff. I know. They're, dude, it's legit. Yeah. I mean, the, the Kumite boxer shorts. No, <laughs> Who I need, doesn't I need the, the Kumite boxer shorts? I need the Iceman shorts. Oh my God. All right, enough gushing. Chris J, we asked him, what is your favorite song from an 80s movie original song what are your thoughts let's hear what he had to say hi guys this is chris J from contenders clothing here to talk about the best original song written for an 80s movie now most people would probably think that this is a pretty intense debate and there's a lot of options i disagree there is only one song that rises up to the challenge of its rivals and that is Eye of the Tiger by Survivor from the film Rocky III. I'm going to make a couple points why this is clearly the number one song from an 80s film. First off, it was written exclusively for the movie, based off a line in the movie. Secondly, it was a number one film, and most importantly, it was a number one worldwide hit. Grammy nominated, Academy Award nominated, and on top of it, it is still relevant to this day. You can't go to a professional boxing match where one of the fighters doesn't come out to Eye of the Tiger. It's part of one of the greatest montage scenes in film history. It rocks. It completely holds up. It sounds as fresh and relevant today as it did in the 80s. And basically, it's a it's a masterpiece coming from the greatest film series of all time, the Rocky film series. So that's my personal number one, but I think it should be everybody's number one. However, I'm going to give you a dark horse candidate because I go, I know you guys go really, really, really deep diving on Buzz in the Tower. Are you ready? Goonies Are Good Enough by Cindy Lauper from The Goonies. She actually claims it was never supposed to be called Goonies Are Good Enough and it was just supposed to be called Good Enough. Listen to that song sometime. Really passionate, really intense, incredibly catchy, vintage 80s song that I think goes under the radar a lot. So that's my backup. Guys, thanks so much for having me on. Always the best in 80s film and beyond. No argument. I mean, that's why it was our number one pick on the first one was Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, he nailed it. Now, the Cindy Lauper one. Really good pick. I really, you know, how I feel about the Goonies. I really struggled. I wanted to put it in there. Yeah. And now I feel embarrassed that he called me out on it. And Cindy Lauper is great. He didn't mean to call me out on it, but I feel attacked. Yeah. I feel attacked that I didn't put He's it on better there. better than you at this. Much better. <laughs> one more reminder, contendersclothing.com. Give these guys some love. They are, they're killing it. They're doing a great job. Their Instagram rules too. They do. And Chris sounded great. It's fascinating to me when we get someone who's not doing a podcast to do our spotlight and I'm like, oh my God, I could totally replace Max with this guy. <laughs> I said that about you two seconds ago. No, no, we didn't get that on tape. Uh, all right. Anyways, Max, that wraps the show. Let's talk about a couple quick things. Number one, Spotify now has the ability to leave star ratings. Yeah, it does. Um, Big deal. The biggest thing that you can always do to help Buzz in the Tower outside of the Patreon is follow, leave reviews, follow us on social media. But the big one is the show itself. So for those Apple users, keep doing what you're doing. We got like over 1,500 reviews. 1,500 right now. Yeah, we're, we're crushing it. But if you can throw the Spotify app on your phone and just follow Buzz in the Tower and just click the five star, that's huge for us. It gives us more visibility. People know who we are. And as Max and I have told you before, once you get a taste of Buzz in the Tower. Yeah, you don't stop. You smell like a beautiful flower. No, I can't like, even think of something that rhymes like with that. It's like Pringles. Once you pop, you don't stop. Beautiful. Yeah. Well put. Well put. What about the potato chips? So please, if you're a Spotify podcast. follower, get on there. Give us five stars. It's super easy. It's right below the logo. You just press it. You got it. Uh, social media, follow and love us. You know the deal. Contendersclothing.com. Check them out. 80stees.com. Check them out. We got all kinds of cool stuff going on. And Max. And Patreon. The Patreon. Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower. Woo. Follow us. Yeah. Turn around. <laughs> go on our Patreon. We'll do a music video of that if we get we 10 Mavericks. We will not do a music video. In the next five Dear years. Dear God. Max, how do you want to close her out? Uh, freeze frame. Okay. Yeah. I can handle that. Cool. How do I want to close it out? Big decision. Big decision. <laughs> You're going to sing something. You got the touch. I Say do. That. You got the touch. You've got the power! Yeah! Wow. There you go. That's our end. I have a new appreciation for Sam Bush. I'll see you next week, Max. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.